Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Nothing Concrete, the Barbican's podcast. I'm Chris Gunnis. This is The Art of Change, a series featuring artists who are passionate about changing the world. Today, the third in a four-part series featuring Stephen Fry, writer, actor, comedian and campaigner. Last time, Stephen talked with moving honesty about his own suicide attempts as he battled manic depression. Next, I explored his advocacy for such things as gay rights, prostate cancer and delegitimising mental health. I put it to him that far from choosing his issues, they had chosen him. Well, I, yeah, I've got to be honest and say it is personal. In that sense, it's, it's, it's egotistical. Uh, I'd, I'd be far more admirable if I, was, uh, if I was advocating for causes to which I had much less connection, if you like. And um, I suppose, though, uh, it's, it's an example of a kind of charity begins at home attitude. <laughs> I, I remember joking to my uh, urologist when, when I was, had this uh, prostate I want to hear thing. all about that too, and, by the way. Yeah, and um, one of the things they sometimes do in order to stop the it's rather bizarre to stop these uh, cancer cells from uh, spreading uh, metastasizing as they like to call it uh, they, is they give you uh, a an androgen suppressant uh, that suppresses your t- t- testosterone and therefore apparently suppresses and it suppresses these cells from replicating and spreading and one of the uh, you know <laughs> Obviously, you make jokes. So I said to I said to her, you know, I, I've noticed I'm so sensitive. I'm so much less shallow, and I, <laughs> I, I'm so much, you know, I'm able to also talk, have three different conversations at the same time. I'm maybe turning into a woman, you know. But I said, and of course, what, what happens now that if I get this this gynecomastia, as they call it, where you start to grow breasts, I said, I'll. It means I'll have to start talking about breast cancer charities as well. Uh, and, and it was a sort of mocking myself for the fact that the only yeah. charities I seem to support are ones where I have some connection. Um, and I suppose it's partly because I'm deeply aware, and a lot of us are, of how how how, how it falls on the ear when a, a privileged actor starts lecturing people about what they should support and what should, what's right and what's wrong. So if I can speak from experience rather than apparently just giving a lecture on this is the way the world should be, but actually say I know what it's like to be like this, this is that, you know, then 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 it, it comes perhaps comes over better. So even with things like a charity I support is Reprieve, which is an extraordinary mm-hmm. work it does. Uh, Clive Stafford Clark uh, founded it. We, you know, saves people off death row and people who have been in prison for you know, Guantanamo and, and, and other places in Turkey and in, 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 in uh, Iraq and Iran and all kinds of places supporting people. There were, I did go to prison as part of my troubled adolescence. So again, you know, at least I can feel that that's something where I, I, 
I know whereof I speak a little. Mm. Uh, I, um, so, th- yes, uh, and obviously being born gay, um, uh, growing up at a, in a period when gay liberation was beginning to happen and then was set back enormously by the, the terror of the AIDS epidemic and so on, I, I felt able to, to, to be in a lucky position in a profession where coming out as gay is no news at all. But uh, it could have been damaging. I mean, you could, chose to yeah. speak out on these issues. Yes. There, there were very few others. I mean, even Ian McKellen hadn't come out when I came out. Wow. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, I mean, not that I'm claiming I'm braver than Ian, because, uh, you know, he, he's done so much good in, in this field. But, um, yes, I suppose so. But I, I kind of knew I was never going to get... Uh, offered the parts that Brad Pitt had turned down. So it was <laughs> it was not like we can't cast him because he's gay. But you was could have been discriminated pay. against. Could I could have been, I suppose. And yes, and uh, I, I just on occasion had, you know, faggot and queer shouted at me in really? football matches or whatever, but it's very rare. And and it's now it was dealt with very strongly, especially in football matches. You know, if anyone was to do that, they'd be banned for, for life. And, you know, I'm glad to say, because that kind of thing is just so... Harmful. It's not harmful for me because I'm big enough and ugly enough to take it. But but it's 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 the it's the kids in the playground. You know they still yeah. have have to have to face uh, bullying and torment and mockery of, of the worst possible kind. And it takes immense guts on the part of kids because uh, haven't we heard this since we were young? They grow up so fast. But, mm. but because pornography and sexual uh, information and uh, um, sexual availability is 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 of a different order now um, uh, from from what it, I mean, you know, I used to. I used to get thrilled at the idea if I if I could buy a copy of Health and Efficiency magazine, as <laughs> a, a naturism magazine for nudists, you know, because I would actually be able to see a few or, naked or, men or, or National Geographic. Exactly, you know. I mean, this was the only possible opportunity. There was nothing like Pornhub and this and you yeah. know. Um, and so it's a very different world. And uh, who knows? Uh, yeah. who, who knows what it's doing? But but it it it, it does it does put pressure on the mm. young. And I think anything that can because really, Chris, one of the things is to, uh, it's an old quote of, of G.K. Chesterton's that I come up with from time to time, but angels can fly because they take themselves lightly. If, <laughs> if, if you can show that for all the terrors and the things that you fess up to uh, that have happened in your life, the, you know, the agonies of your adolescence and of love and of the pain of your mental illness and so on, but that the way you show you've that you're living with it and coping with anything that uh, fate throws at you is to try and take it lightly, to to, mm. to try not to to turn inwards. And to, because I do think self pity is awful, not just because it's ugly, which it is. It's, um, it's not pleasant to to to, to, to witness it being mm. exhibited, but because it's so damaging to the person who feels sorry for themselves. I mean, you know, if you would. Uh, visit someone whom you knew was terminally ill and they were going, oh, I think it's all right, a bit of pain here, you know, and you think, wow, God, you know. Mm. But when you know someone who's got a, you know, a, a, a slight, you know, problem somewhere in an elbow and goes, oh, 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 you've no idea what I suffer. You think, oh, sod off. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just human nature, you know. Yeah. So so it, 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 A, does you good with other people not to, not to, or to be sorry for yourself yeah. because people are more like to help you um, but also it does good to yourself to, yeah. to, to believe that that you're not at, at, at the end of things even if you feel you are for that moment 
uh, things can improve. Stephen, I want to ask you about the international aspects of your advocacy on, for example, yes. LGBT issues. Mm. You chose to go and confront homophobes in Brazil, in Russia, yeah. um, in um, sub-Saharan Africa. Where did this international thing come from? Well, I think I, I um, it so happens uh, that I have a, a lot of uh, admirers in in both Russia, particularly, and in Brazil. Some, in fact, when, when I had a bit of a mental breakdown in the mid nineties, a very wonderful, a, a big pop star in Brazil called Zeca Balera wrote a song called St Stephen Fry, oh. in, in which he was sort of sending love and sympathy for me. Which uh, what are the words sweet. out of interest? Or and daddy, daddy Stephen Fry. It means sort of oh, oh, please come home, Stephen Fry, because I've gone right. missing. You know, right. please come home. We love you, Stephen Fry. It was, right. it was terribly sweet, yes, and, and so touching. I think yeah. it's on Spotify. Is that why you want wanted to go to Brazil? So, for well, because that. He was an example of the fact that I did seem to have a fan base there for, mm. for, through Jeeves and Worcester and other comedy things and so on. And similarly in Russia, I mean, my books sell extremely well in Russia, in Russian. Uh, and uh, so why is that? I don't know. It's very interesting. I think it started with Jeeves and Worcester. Russians always loved P.G. Woodhouse. <laughs> they loved this view of England. They find it funny. Maybe in the in the communist era, it was such an opposite. to Anything yeah, they had, yeah. and because it was comic and light, and didn't yeah. suggest that the, the the life that Bertie and Jeeves and Lord Emsworth and others uh, lived, it, but but was comical, it, it it wasn't suppressed by the regime, and so they read it and just found it sunny, which it mm. is. It's it's he's he's the definition of good nature, P.G. Woodhouse. Anyway, so that was part of it. So I knew from letters and that I got from Russia and from Brazil that things were turning towards this new kind of populism, that mm. it was a, a, a bellwether of what was to come in, 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 in populism. And, and there is something quite uniquely toxic when nationalism, uh, almost fascistic nationalism, and religion come together. Mm. And this was happening in, in, in Russia with the uh, Orthodox and the ultra-Orthodox figures who were beginning to get power in Putin's new Russia and with this new sense of, uh, of, of, of nationalism within that regime as well. And the same, and so I interviewed this senator, Bolsonaro, in, in, um, in, in Brazil, who is now... Later course, to the, become. Yes, the president. I had no idea. And he was a frightening example of this militarism and religion, sentimentalized religion, fantasy of militarism, which we've all seen in fascism. And it's, of course, it's does no service to anyone to compare everyone endlessly to Hitler and Nazism, but but all forms of fascism, whether Franco and Mussolini, had this mixture of a kind of weird sentimental fantasy view mm. of the military, um, because it's just a kind of masturbatory fantasy mixed with a religious. I mean, it's, the whole thing is a weird iconography of of, of, of religion and, uh, and and jackboots and. Uh, and when that happens, you know, the bones are broken on the pavement and the first you choose are the, are the, are the, are the other, mm. uh, whether it's Jews or, or, or gay people. Um, and so I thought, you know, just at the time everything's getting so good in Britain, we're getting equality and uh, it wasn't quite the, I wasn't married yet, it wasn't quite the equal marriage, but, you know, things had really got better and better for gay people like me in, in Britain. I was getting all these letters saying, you know, not saying churlishly it's all right for you, but yeah. saying, you know, we, we, we've got this. And I thought, well, it just seemed the right thing to try and do a, couldn't be complete, but sort of a view around the world, so India and uh, and, uh, and the United States, gay therapy in some uh, United States, and and 
Brazil and Uganda, where mm. where a lot of Pentecostalists were, were financing some of the mm. most homophobic uh, legislation, which they tried to uh, death sentences for gay people in Uganda. And I love Uganda. I've been there before mm. for comic relief, and that was one of the countries that mm. I most instantly warmed to. Though. There's that there's that wonderful confrontation with the minister who ends up saying, "I'll lock you up." And Stephen, I mean, this sort of touched on something which I find so impressive, particularly about your confronting homophobia. You will not be bought over in any way by any of these arguments. You have this profound conviction in your own values and no one can take that away from you. Mm. Where does all that stuff come from? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I mean, again, it, would, it seems pretentious, but I, um, I mentioned it before because of his description of Beethoven's Fifth, but Ian Forster was a huge influence on me. When, when I first read The Longest Journey and then uh, Howard Zendo, it was like an explosion in my head amongst other uh, many other writers and things. And um, in the torment of this adolescence, I described the Sturm und Drang, <laughs> as Germans <laughs> like to say, the storm and stress of it. Um, I got this idea that the secret to life could be found in books and art. And, and growing up a sort of in a pretty remote part of the Norfolk countryside with a, you know, a, a Sydney Smith once said, simply miles from the nearest lemon. <laughs> um, uh, uh, it was books and, and uh, it was books and poetry and, 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 and music that, that kind of made me feel alive. And, and the idea of Forster and his generation, much derided of, of the, the sacred nature of human relations. Mm. And, and, and I felt that that was the absolute truth, the touchstone. The the the, the um, and it was there in in Bertrand Russell and uh, and, and in Forster and G. E. Moore and that generation of Bloomsbury and others and 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 so it set my heart on going to university at Cambridge, which is where he had, had lived most of his life in in the end, Forster and and where his friends and his you know uh, fellow writers and artists and thinkers were, and I just loved this idea, and it did give me uh, I mean amongst other things this. That rooted belief, and part of that belief is that lots else is up for grabs and that I'm not certain about all kinds of things. And the uncertainty principle is not just for physics. <laughs> you know, Bertrand Russell repeated it and repeated it. I mean, he was absolute in logic and in what he did know, but, or at least what he could prove. But, but he was also absolutely certain that uncertainty was mm. was was the right approach to things so yes um you know to be told that i'm evil is just nonsense it's an assertion and uh, and i'm kind of trained enough in the mind to know that an assertion is of, one assertion is of no more value than another uh, that you know you have to show a, an example and to to prove i don't mean mathematically exactly but to to demonstrate by the example of a life or the, the example of a um uh, of a of a metaphor of a, of a poem, if it can be, or, or, or that 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 something you suggest is true is true. Uh, otherwise, your experience says, "Well, no, it isn't true." Mm. I mean, you, you're merely asserting that something is wrong, and I've seen that it isn't wrong. Um, but I I can certainly not not be comfortable with some of the almost bullying, hectoring, sanctimonious piety of our age. Mm. I don't like it, partly because. I've never liked sanctimonious piety, but also because I don't think it works. In and, what sense? Well, I think those who are very anxious to find more equality in the world, in gender, and uh, and to 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 push for diversity and and all the really important things that 
one can agree are, are natural human values and are to do with the, the justice and equity that most people should be able to subscribe to, that they don't understand how sometimes a hectoring tone can just push people who should be persuaded by argument and reason and kindness and love and, you know, brotherly, you know, connection, who should be welcomed into this idea of how mm. equality is good for all of us, instead of being pushed into being, oh, so I'm just privileged, am I? Mm. Oh, I'll grow up in the, in the East End. Why are you calling me white privilege? You know, he said, well, it's just bad tactics. Mm. Don't call it white privilege, call it white advantage. And then people might understand it. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. because privilege is a word that has connotations, and and it's as if people are tone deaf to 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 the meaning of language, and 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 so they alienate, they and 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 they give power to the Trumps of this world to to be able to laugh at political correctness and wokeness, ho ho ho, because there's so much self righteous indignation where there should be warmth and humour about mm. it, and mm. welcoming people into a world of equality and diversity and so on, and giving, showing them the advantages of it. That was Stephen Fry ending this episode of The Art of Change on Nothing Concrete with me, Chris Gunnis. Next time, the last in our four-part series with Stephen Fry, in which he'll talk about how comedy can change the world. You can subscribe to Nothing Concrete on Acast, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. And if you can, leave us a review to help get the word out. Until next time, from me, Chris Gunnis, goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.